Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. Okay, I got something to talk about. It's actually something that I had a dream about a few nights ago. It wasn't a dream. It was like when I woke up at three in the morning, um, this like whole thought process I had about how important it is extending the grace and compassion to others. Um, and the visual I had was that a hurt human being or somebody who hasn't processed their emotions is similar to an abandoned dog. So the visual is a little dog, let's say, who's been abandoned and they're really scared and you go to try to save it or give it love or food and it's like ready to attack you and it's just like barking and biting. Um, But the more that you continue to show it love and not get angry at it or react in a negative way, as time progresses, the dog is going to warm up to you. And there was this video I saw of a rescued dog. And the dog was, like, so tiny. The person rescued it off of the side of the street. And they had to get, like, a towel and gloves because the dog was so feisty. She couldn't get near it. And then once she did, little by little, she would try to give the dog, like, food. Um, The dog wanted nothing to do with her and always was trying to attack. And the lady knew it was because the dog was scared of whatever it had already been through and she just continued and continued and little by little they built trust and then the dog was so loving to her and would just come and cuddle up on her and it made me think of people who can be so like aggressive or so reactive and angry on the outside but that's just a trauma response and internally they're the most loving people they just don't have the opportunity to show their love because they're so fearful So in knowing that, how do you combat those moments when being around someone who isn't um, being warm and loving towards you and not let um, a defensive response surface in how we navigate being around people like that? Uh, For me personally, because since seeing the video and then having that, like whatever came to me at three in the morning, I've been thinking of that when I interact with anybody, like whatever pain or trauma that they have within them that they haven't resolved could surface. So looking past it. Mm. And I also like find myself saying like, okay, but I don't want to be that doormat. So I'm reminded of what Gary Greenfield mentioned and just trusting that I'm not a doormat. I don't want to alter myself and be defensive and continue contributing to that pain and hurt. I'd rather show up and just extend love and more love. And obviously, we're human beings. We have a range of emotions. So it could be a little bit challenging, but just like checking the self when I feel that uh, microaggression want to surface, it's like, okay, take a breath. Let's bring it back in. 
<laughs> the microaggressions. Yeah. <laughs> They're so funny. Um, how would you do how would you explain what a microaggression is? Because I feel those are so prevalent way more than um, really aggressive behaviors or tendencies. Um, they surface more often um, because of the passive aggressive nature that a lot of people operate on mm-hmm. when um, navigating emotions that they aren't too sure as to how to best navigate them. Yeah, I think it's simply that it can be like passive aggressive behavior or it can be like a switch up in tone or needing to assert more force. Um, Just anything that alters your natural state of being. Yeah, and it matches the energy of the other person. And instead of matching that energy of um, that trauma response of aggression or fear, or hurt that the other person is displaying, maintaining our own natural way of being and letting that be the reflection of the other person sees to then be invited to return to that or recognize that there is a disharmony happening. Yeah, because it doesn't have to be matching the other person's energy because sometimes aggress- uh, the microaggression can show up when the other person's super chill. So it's not always like based on a trigger of somebody else because it has to start somewhere. You know, like if we're all showing up leveled, it wouldn't be the case. But let's say within the self, you had like a rough morning and you're still holding on to that energy and you're letting out the microaggression on somebody who's super bubbly and peaceful and loving. So it's not like you're not matching their energy. You're just within where you're at. So sometimes it can be something like that as well. Yeah. I really like the comparison to the dog because usually I thought you were going to go with it um, with a child, comparing it to a child. But I like the dog explanation more because I feel um, love for animals is more universal and it's more like easy to have empathy towards animals then it could be for us to have empathy towards other human beings because of our own experiences because with that explanation that you gave it reminds me of the point of view of oh well I dealt with this you can too um kind of mentality that just perpetuates more trauma Mm -hmm. um and it 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 comes from a baseline that isn't healthy. Well, if I was able to navigate this, you can too, which isn't helpful and doesn't help eradicate those ways of being that isn't healthy. Yeah, and I think like the example with the dog is really helpful because for me within myself, it shows a dog can't communicate other than those uh, reactions like the barking or the biting. And it's showing what fear can do to such a loving creature. Yeah. And like, if you watch, if you look up any video of dogs being rescued, a lot of the times that's the same kind of energy because of the abuse or neglect or trauma that the dog has experienced. They're very protective of themselves. You know, like nobody's looking out for them but themselves. And I think that that's a sentiment that a lot of people carry. There's nobody who has my back the way I do. Like, I need to show up for myself. I need to go hard. I need to do this. And it translates into the way that a dog barks or bites. It translates into being cold-hearted, closed off, very standoffish, and all of those other things. 
Yeah, and I think it also highlights that we all are within in the in the very core of our being. We are loving beings. And I think that's really good to highlight because not everyone identifies themselves as such because of their strong identities relating to their trauma or their need for survival and to protect themselves. That some people can just brush it off as, oh, this is just how I am and not really feel um, connected to the true nature of their soul as being a loving being, being part of the oneness. Um, so having that perspective, I feel, can also be really useful for those who are navigating, operating from that space of feeling the need to protect themselves and kind of invite them to question, why is it that I feel this way? Yeah, and it's like recognizing everybody's at different stages of self-awareness and wanting to do the work because revisiting traumas that have caused you to be reactive in the way that you are, that you've known your whole life, that can be very off-putting and give the sense of like not wanting to deal because it's a lot of work. It can be a burden. It can cause those things that we've spoken about many times where it's like, oh, who am I? Like I have a lack of sense of identity because I've been this way my whole life and now there's a possibility this isn't really me um and like just and that's why the grace and compassion comes forward and is super important because it's just recognizing that within others you know no matter where you're at on your journey it doesn't mean that somebody else is in that same space in their journey and the best way you move forward and allow others to move forward is showing up from that space of loving care and compassion yeah. No matter what the person is saying or doing to you. Yeah, no matter how outrageous it may seem, um, like completely irrational. Um, and think, not fighting fire with fire. Yeah. You know, like you in the real world, if there is a fire, you're not going to put it out with fire. You need another element. You need the water. Mm -hmm. The air element is going to activate the fire even more. So you have to find what's needed in the moment when in relation with others. What can you do to soften the moment? Or if sometimes you need to add a little bit more fire, you know, like depending on what's needed, you feel into that and work with those elements in that way. That's really good that you brought up the elements because that's something I've been reflecting on maybe since last night and today, earlier today, um, in relation to um, family things that have been going on that I was sharing with you that have a lot of fire present in the, in the dynamic um and the lack of other elements that can be present and i was thinking okay is more of a grounded earthly element useful when there's a lot of like barking fiery energy present and you saying now how water is more useful um kind of changes my perspective on that because the fire can just burn through the ground you know, like through the earth. Yeah, I think that, it, like, again, it depends what energy you're working with and what's being overly used in the moment that's creating yeah. some sort of dissonance or, you know, anything that you feel needs to be addressed. Because I think when going into anything, you need to be in the earth element. That's where we start off. And this is just, like, my personal beliefs based on, like, teachings that I've received. You start off in the earth element, establishing safety and moving slowly, feeling grounded. And now that you're moving from that space of centeredness and stillness, if you encounter fire, you're going to know how to react. 
you're going to be aware like, okay, this is fire. What is needed of me? Let me bring in water. Let me be emotional because this person might not feel safe enough in their body to feel their emotions or express emotions. So they're doing it in a fiery way of aggression or, you know, fast pace. And it's like, okay, now if I'm meeting them with the water, is that working? Usually it's going to work because you're allowing somebody else to soften through your vulnerability and you softening. Um, but if it doesn't, then explore, okay, if that's not working, do I need to give a little bit of fire just so that they can see like, okay, the tone switched up here. Are they going to meet you there? Like, you know, you navigate it in that way. Yeah, that's really powerful because um, just from my own personal life, I'm always hesitant to add more fire to the situation because of how out of control the fire can be already with the other person. Um, so recognizing when it is helpful to add a dose of fire so that the other person is receptive and reactive to the fire being reflected back to them and just enough. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not necessarily to like throw the fire at them, but activate the fire within the self so that yeah. you're not like timid. And it doesn't mean like fire isn't necessarily like full aggression or like full force but it can just mean like within the self like okay i need to activate my center i need to really activate the solar plexus so that i can be speaking from that point mm -hmm. as opposed to just like taking everything this person's saying to me and feeling like timid and not expressive yeah remaining in like the root chakra yeah and, like not taking it further past that which mm -hmm. isn't helpful either so yeah that's really cool to highlight yeah like balance. just the balance exactly yeah and knowing what or feeling what's needed in the moment yeah to, pro to promote further unity not to promote further uh discord yeah and divide mm -hmm. um and that's really important to highlight knowing what's needed in the moment that coming from recognizing what's needed within the self to be in that setting um because how common is it to not be so self-aware of how we feel in a moment and simply just reacting to whatever is present from an ungrounded space? I so, think it happens all the time. Yeah. So that's really important to highlight that because it allows us to be conscious of what is it that we're partaking in and how we um, play a role in the outcome of what's in front of us and how to transmute it or optimize it into something that's more harmonious and more connected to unity than fueling opposite ends that don't really promote anything long-term, just um, fulfillment of the ego drive. Yeah, it's what we spoke about in last week's episode, how those momentary pleasures can take control and that's not going to do anything. Will it make you feel good for a few minutes? Like, I feel like everybody can relate to it. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people can relate to being in a heated argument and saying something, whether it's with the intent to hurt the person because they hurt you or just because you're not thinking clearly and you say something super hurtful and you might feel good or like vindicated for a second, but then afterwards your conscious sets in and it's like, dang, did I really say that? Mm -hmm. You know, like, did that combo really go there? And you feel bad about it. So those momentary pleasures are very short-lived. Yeah, and it's important to say that it is hard to be the bigger person or to be the one to take the first step in um, self-actualizing 
and being self-aware of our experience of our experience and being empowered in our power to be conscious of our choices and our actions in those moments because it's so much easier to let the ego out and take over as a form of protection mm-hmm. and those momentary pleasures that we receive when the ego is leading sometimes it's hard to recognize that that's what it is and not just our protector within coming out to do just that to protect us Um, because it can feel justified yeah and that's the thing it's like we spoke about this last night actually when it comes to relationships and relations with other people it starts with the self, no matter how much you want to look outside of yourself in a relationship and say like, oh, this happened because of the other person. It always starts with the self. So being able to check in with the self, how you're communicating, how your energy is. You know, I always say energy speaks so much louder than words do. So you can like fake being nice all you want yeah. and like try to keep it cute. <laughs> if you're feeling something that's not cute, Uh, your energy is going to be like vibrating off of you. And because we are sentient beings, we feel energy. So it's like always starting with the self, no matter what, where the thoughts in the head, where's the heart, how we show up is for the self is how others are going to show up for ourselves. Yeah. And it's, I just want to point out how great it is, the things that we've been learning in our own lives and being able to talk about it on this platform and it being part of our intention of just bringing these teachings forward to whoever wants to share them and having them be accessible. Um, It feels really good because I feel it's such a great way to um, bring forward more of what we desire to be reflected back to us in the outer world um, and to highlight that importance in the midst of um, so much information that is out that doesn't promote um, self-work and self-reflection and self-awareness because like we've said many times in the past it really all it begins and ends with the self and sometimes the information that is received in the in in um, large doses within media doesn't promote that inner work it's a lot of like pointing fingers and looking outside the self for answers or for reasoning and justifications um so it's really important to just really highlight the importance of self-work looking within checking in with ourselves before going external with um anything that we're approaching that's outside of us yeah and using your discernment like from what i got from what you just shared is using the discernment when coming across information about self-work because you can fall into that category of the blind leading the blind if you're not diligent and really using discernment when it comes to your intuition on what you're intaking because some people are sharing self-help and navigational tools when they themselves are really wounded and hurt and have so much healing to be done but they're speaking from the space where they're at, even though they're portraying something that they're not. Mm -hmm. So like, it's really important to always, and it's a practice, right? Like, yeah, you may hear something that resonates. If it doesn't resonate past the time it needs to, let it go. Don't attach to any one specific theory or ideology that doesn't necessarily have to serve you. You Know what serves you, when it serves you, and keep the pushing after that. Yeah, that's really important to highlight because I feel that's been prevalent in our own personal journeys. 
things really served us for a moment and for the time that it needed to. And then when it was time to evolve past that, we let it go. And it's important to even say in what we're sharing right now for anyone listening, whatever resonates in this moment, receive it for as long as it's meant to be received and then move forward past that. And if it doesn't resonate, then that's okay as well. Yeah. Um, but trust what you feel. Yes. And not what's being told mm-hmm. um, over what you feel. Because yeah. sometimes I feel we can value the opinions of others and use that as a scape route um, towards checking in with ourselves, our intuition, using our discernment, mm-hmm. determining if this information is something that aligns with the self in this moment. Yeah, especially when it looks pretty. Yeah. And it's masked behind so many veils of illusion just because we have been um, raised to see what is appealing mm-hmm. versus what is like messy. And I think that plays really big aesthetics. Role. Yeah, the aesthetics of things. <laughs> thank you for listening continue flowing in your own space by simply being if this resonated with you and you feel called please be sure to follow us like and share until next time wherever you go give yourself space space to to flow You said that, and I could have just stood silent because it was so good. Like, you can just sit with that. Yeah, I feel you really could. I did at 3 a.m. Like, I didn't go back to sleep thinking about (laughs) that. And, like, just seeing different people in my life as that wounded puppy. Yeah. And my heart goes out, you know, because it's like, you don't need to feel that way. There's so many people who do love you. Like, you find the love within yourself the trust and all of these things and then life would seamlessly change yeah but like that scared dog it's really hard if all you have seen was abuse and neglect and stuff like that it's really hard to develop the trust yeah and the compassion is boundless when having that realization Mm -hmm. because who knows from that that hurt dog um what their perspective is on what they're experiencing and how challenging it can be to navigate that space. And we don't know how long it takes or what's required always for someone in their own experience, um, what's needed to navigate it to get out of that. I think patience, definitely. Like when you're dealing with somebody who is similar to that, like wounded puppy, patience, compassion, and just like repeating and repeating and repeating, not getting frustrated. Because imagine like trying to help a dog who's hungry and it doesn't want to take the food from you or it's trying to bite you. And you're like, I'm trying to help you. And here you are trying to bite me, not feeling that you get burnt. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, no, no matter what, I'm going to still give you as much as I can to love you and see you for the being that you are. Absolutely. But I was more so speaking from the that wounded dog, like what their thoughts must be in in navigating that space that they're in. Like we could only understand so much without having been in that circumstance ourselves. Yeah. You know, like from the point of view of the actual hurt animal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it can be easy to say, oh, like get out of it or you have these tools and et cetera, et cetera. But um, the emotional tie that we hold on to 
and those identities about being disempowered and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, We know from experience, all the things that we've had to work on may not be to the extent of someone else. It may have looked differently, but um, it shows up differently for all of us. And how often do we see those that we love going through something and we see clearly, oh, they can take this route out. Um, How many times has someone said that about us in certain circumstances that we have been Mm -hmm. um, I think that's also really good to use as a measurement as to how to invite more compassion and empathy when 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 one might be struggling to extend that compassion and empathy um, even though they're hearing this point of view of like I get the wounded dog but still you know still having that resistance of extending that empathy and compassion just recognizing you know we're all on this journey of life and we've all gone through things that has taken um, time to navigate yeah but there's a few things you said that I want to touch upon like if you are the wounded dog um while yes speaking from personal experience uh what is the saying like old habits die hard or something like that that you can't teach a dog new tricks no not that one because I believe that you can. Um, but it's like something that's been embedded in you for so long. It's going to take a while to break the habit or like learn a new way. But it's always possible to learn a new way. Um, but like as speaking from the perspective of being the wounded dog, holding on to like the wounds or the trauma that caused pain in my perspective, essentially provides some comfort because it's what you're used to and you find safety within that. Like even though it's not an actual healthy safety, you establish some sort of connection to that trauma and wound and it forms a part of your identity. Mm -hmm. So that could be challenging to want to let it go. But the analogy that I've said like in several different episodes, if you have something physically hurting you like a burning piece of coal in your hand, you're not going to continue holding on to it, allowing it to burn through you. You're going to let it go. And as we learn, or like the quicker we learn to do that with the emotional and energetic things, the quicker we will be able to arrive at a space where we're not that wounded puppy anymore. (laughs) 